The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. You know, it's amazing to me when you think about the timing of things. You know how the stars just align ever so right. How things just come into the fold and just work together and set the table for things. You know, like I was, the other day I was at an office and uh, at the office, you know, they've got a radio station playing and the lady at the desk, she has her own station playing. And sometimes it's enough to drive people insane from what I understand. And I was in there for a little bit and I noticed, don't stop believing from Journey came on both channels. One was just five seconds ahead of the other. And I was like, that's odd. How did the stars align to where Journey is playing on both radio stations at the exact same time? by just a little bit off by five seconds. And the reason why I bring that up is because the planets have aligned with the migrant caravan. That's right. The caravan from Honduras and Guatemala. These individuals who are just escaping oppression. You know, they just want to escape poverty. They need asylum. So they have to cross the entire country of Mexico to get in to America. And it's really amazing when you think about it, because first they crashed the gates into Mexico. Federales just looking the other way. They didn't care. Next thing you know, they want, this is their goal. Their goal is to get to the border of America. Now let's think about the border. The border in most, particularly the border towns, have turned into something similar to what is in the Middle East. If you think about when you hear about places in the Middle East, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, and they always say, oh, these are the tribal areas, you know, the mountainous areas where the Sunni and the Shia and all that, they, they're, they're ungovernable because the, the governing bodies, Baghdad or what have you, they just don't have the resources to govern their areas. So they go, hey, to heck with that area, even though it's a part of our nation, we're going to focus on the city itself. We're going to focus on Baghdad. And that's where the terrorists go and they plot and they can do whatever they want to do. Well, the same has kind of happened in Mexico. And it's really interesting. In those border towns, there are politicians who have decided they wanted to take it upon themselves to run for public office in some of these, some of these towns, all of them executed by MS-13. All of them. And that's interesting, if you think about it, that that makes the border area, maybe not directly at the American border, but just before it, very, very dangerous. So if you're fleeing poverty and oppression, and you're going to land into a border area where you can be turned into uh, inventory for human trafficking, sex trafficking, drug smuggling, if you can be beheaded for being in the wrong place, why would you want to take that chance? I mean, th that's the most amazing part of the whole story. If you think about it, this is uh, Carla Zabs. She is actually a Mexico bureau chief and Latin American correspondent for BuzzFeed News. 
So she's giving her little liberal spin on their, on the play-by-play for what's going on. But she uh, had a little tweet storm that said, Migrant caravan, not such a good morning here. Tiny migrant Naomi, six, lost the stuffed animal someone gave her last night and is inconsolable. Migrants donating a dollar, well, the equivalent of a dollar, a peso, to replace lost Honduran flags to hold during the next part of their trek north. The caravan has begun the next leg of its journey, 25 miles away. Likely some will stay behind to recover from yesterday's walk, especially children. Hundreds more already heading to Mexico from Guatemala, others planning to leave Honduras in the coming days. So they want to paint it as this, you know, this trek that, you know, they're, they lost their stuffed animals. Well, why are they coming over with flags? That's an invasion. Have you ever seen any movies where they depict a war and they're always riding in with their flags? Why are they coming across with their native flags? Why is it a concern for them to raise money so that they can spend pesos on flags, not food, not water, not stuffed animal replacements? Because this is an invasion. And what's really interesting is when you get into the nuts and bolts of who's involved. Guatemalan intelligence discovered people from India, Bangladesh, Africa had also joined in the caravan. This is from Sarah Carter. She said she bumped into a number of young MS-13 gang members. Judicial Watch Watch Chris Farrell and Guatemalan Secretary of Strategic Intelligence, Mario Darte, are on the border with her in this photograph. (laughs) Unbelievable. That's the caravan? It's, it's littered with people from Bangladesh. It's littered from people from India and Africa. Now, remember, Africa, Bangladesh, Islamic nations. And check out what Judicial Watch found. 100 ISIS terrorists caught in Guatemala as Central American caravan heads to the U.S. In a startling revelation, Guatemala's president announced in its country's largest newspaper that nearly 100 ISIS terrorists have been apprehended in the impoverished Central American nation. Why should Americans care about this? Well, because a caravan of Central American migrants is making its way north. Let's not forget that Guatemala is one of the countries bombarded, uh, that bombarded the U.S. with illegal immigrant minors under Barack Obama's open-door policies. They came in droves from Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, through the Mexican border, and for years, Uncle Sam rolled out the welcoming mat and offered them housing, food, medical treatment, free education. And remember, we covered this a while back. Who's involved in the Latin American drug trade? Hezbollah. Hezbollah is in Latin America. ISIS is in Latin America. They are pulling resources from Afghanistan, poppies and such. They're running them down through uh, Central America through their Hezbollah wings. Hezbollah has teamed up with MS-13, providing uh, a cut of their drug inventory. And MS-13 is footing it across the border in a soft Islamic coup. That's what they call their soft jihad on America is to get everybody hooked and dying on opioids. So when you see a, a migrant caravan, as they like to call it, which was an illegal invasion, then you start to go, well, who would be providing the support? Who's busing them across the country when they do get bust? Who's paying them, as I saw in videos, people handing out money? 
Well, that would be organizations like Open Society. And who's that guy from Open Society again? Oh, yeah, that's George Soros. But something happened to him early this week. And Justice reporter Shimon, uh, what's happened tonight at George Soros' home? Right, uh, Don. Uh, so the police are in uh, at George, George Soros' home. In- reporter Shimon, uh, what's happened tonight at George Soros' home? Right, uh, Don. Uh, so the police uh, in uh, at George, George Soros' home in Bedford, New York, uh, say that they are investigating uh, what turned out to be a pipe bomb, a suspicious uh, package which was found in the mailbox of his home in uh, Bedford, New York. An employee, according to the police there, found this uh, suspicious device. It was in a mailbox. A police had went to the home. They removed the device, and the ATF and the FBI responded to the location. They discovered that it was actually a real device, a pipe bomb uh, that could have exploded uh, had someone opened it, had someone perhaps removed it. And uh, most important here, Don, what I'm being told by sources is that uh, this package was targeting. It was meant uh, for George Soros. They believe that this uh, whatever was in here, this pipe bomb, was targeting George Soros. Obviously, a lot of concern uh, given his political uh, work, his uh, contributions, his uh, philanthropic work, certainly mm-hmm. a lot of the money that he's donated to political causes. So now the FBI, the FBI is leading this investigation, the Joint Terrorism Task Force, because there was concern here, obviously, that George Soros is being targeted uh, for political reasons. And so now the FBI has taken the lead on this investigation. Uh, Luckily, no one was hurt in in this incident. The FBI and the ATF were able to safely remove the, the pipe bomb. It's now in the custody of the FBI. Yeah, that incivility that we saw, Nancy Pelosi getting chased down the street by actual Trump supporters. Of course, I don't advocate that. I don't advocate any of that. And the left does on their side. But yeah, somebody sent a pipe bomb to George Soros. Again, I don't advocate trying to kill people. You know, we're not we're not Saudi Arabia or the Khashoggi uh, incident here. Okay, you know, I mean. We don't like the fact that the guy was a Muslim Brotherhood Al-Qaeda operative writing for the Washington Post. We're not going to sit there and advocate that he be cut up with a bone saw. But at the same time, I'm not going to think that the guy isn't evil just because he he wrote for the Washington Post. And if he doesn't like Saudi Arabia, well, (laughs) Iran doesn't like Saudi Arabia. Doesn't mean I'm backing them. Same can be said for George Soros. George Soros is the, I mean, do you find their to be any coincidence that this flood is happening right before the midterms and it's very similar to what we saw in Syria back in 2015 where they flooded Europe with all of these Syrian refugees where they said 500,000 ISIS fighters were littered within. Same thing's happening across the border except for in a smaller number but not too small. I mean, they're pretty big crowds and they've got ISIS littered in it. Hezbollah is littered in it. MS-13 is using it to smuggle drugs across. So the planets have aligned for the midterms because what is the one issue that gins up the base? What's the one issue that makes everybody go on fire to vote? That would be illegal immigration. President Trump coming down the escalator, the golden escalator in Trump Towers, saying, build the wall. That got everybody on his side. So the planets are aligning. in in a way that the Democrats probably didn't think. Kavanaugh set the stage. The migrant caravan is going to push it over the edge, and we'll see that 
coming up back in just a moment. This is Adrian Slade. So now George Soros wasn't the only one to receive a nice little package. You know, it's not like he's uh, utilizing his Amazon Prime, getting that uh, free shipping. Yeah, he's not the only one that got a little device sent in the mail, you know, and they made a big deal about him first because, you know, he's Mr. Philanthropic Person of Love. Yeah, the guy that helped his uh, father or helped his a caregiver when he was young to round up all these Jews for the Holocaust. Same guy that wrecked world economies just so he could make money off of it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that guy. Same guy who's funding civil unrest all over the place. Yeah, you know, I mean, that doesn't excuse the fact that some, you know, somebody should be sending a bomb to him, like I said earlier. But he wasn't the only one. Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton. Now, they're out on their cougar hunting and hairball hacking world tour. So I don't know how a bomb being sent to their residence was useful or, I mean, it's what, how could it be utilized when no one's there? But they also sent one to, uh, they sent one to supposedly to Maxine Waters. They tried to send one to Andrew Cuomo and actually Andrew Cuomo threw himself into this whole thing. He injected himself because he goes, yeah, I got a bomb sent to me. And his office turned around and said, no, no, that was actually an informational brochure. Kind of looks a little bit different than a bomb there, uh, Mr. Cuomo. But Cuomo decided he's going to deploy the National Guard because we're going to watch over bridges and tunnels and all this stuff because of the amount of bombs that were showing up today. So Mr. Martial Law Cuomo decides he's going to inject the National Guard because we can protect our citizens here from bomb threats, if it's made towards Democrat politicians, we can't do it with the, with the border. Oh, God forbid that. You know, ISIS and, and uh, MS-13 and criminal gang members all flooding in with this caravan, which we're going to get into a little bit more. We're going to get into, in the next segment, the genesis. What do you think is causing these countries to do this? What happened in their country that led to this? And we'll get to that here in a minute. But that's the thing is bombs are being sent everywhere, you know, bombs over, you know, Baghdad, whatever. They're being sent all over the place. And one ends up at CNN's headquarters. And it's, it's amazing to me because it's almost like they went, ding dong, got a package for you. Oh, well, what's in the package? It's an October surprise. Here you go. And it's this like manila envelope with stamps on it. Doesn't even look like it's for the full amount of uh, freight and postage that would be available for something of that size um, and that weight. There's wires coming out of both ends. Most bomb experts are looking at this thing going, ah, that's not a bomb. And then on top of all of that, CNN starts showing pictures of it. You know, it's made out from Debbie Wasserman Schultz with an address. God only knows where that address came from as the, as the sender. And the recipient was supposed to be John Brennan which they misspelled his name and they sent to the wrong network because he's the correspondent for MSNBC. But they, CNN gets this package, opens it up, and then they decide to put it on a table, start taking photos of it, you know, taking selfies with this bomb or this device. Where was the bomb squad? I mean, did they, wouldn't they have evacuated the building? Wouldn't they have started to, uh, try to either detonate the bomb or remove it safely 
and hold it as evidence. They wouldn't just throw it out on a table and go, hey, everybody, get your, get your phones. Scroll in, get some Instagram shots. I mean, it's ridiculous how much this doesn't seem like, it, you know, they're blaming it on a Trump supporter, obviously. It's always, you know, even though Trump supporters didn't go shooting up baseball fields with GOP congressmen, but for some reason, it's just automatically assumed that it's hashtag MAGA bomber and that we're sending out bombs to, well, you know, people on the, on the right are sending out bombs to politicians like Eric Holder and Maxine Waters. And, you know, it's that kind of stuff, that kind of garbage that we have to deal with on a regular basis. You know, Megyn Kelly, she gets out there and she just has a discussion about, you know, somebody dressing up as Diana Ross and putting on a little bit of dark makeup so that she looks authentic for Halloween. And it turns into this thing where we have to apologize all the time, where the left, the left can actually go out there and put out tweets that are so ridiculous that, I mean, and they don't even care. Blue checkmark idiots out online that put out tweets that say, that's right, terrified white people, the brown zombies are a thousand miles from the southern border and they're coming to mow your lawns, wash your cars, harvest your crops, pack your pork, raise your kids, mop your floors, vacuum your office and pay taxes. Time to flip out. Yeah, that's not racist or anything. But, you know, they're allowed to make these wild accusations and they're allowed to you know show up in portland and flog and violently attack people just because of the belief system they have and it's perfectly fine you know and then what they're going to do with this little bomb situation you know it's hard to stop a counterproductive caravan that's speeding through the nation of of mexico with a category 4 hurricane flowing right atop of them it's amazing to me that these people are, are heading up as quick as they can, and it could be so detrimental to the left, they decide to kick into action and go, hey, here's some bombs. <laughs> this is how you defuse a speeding caravan that's counterproductive to your, uh, to your agenda. I mean, it's unbelievable. And so they also had to read the, uh, the riot act on the CEO of Campbell's, uh, the Campbell Soup CEO. Because he made some, you know, assumptions about who was responsible for this caravan. Now, what we're going to get into is there are some, you know, there are some organizations that were responsible for the caravan that happened not too long ago. And they all have ties back to Soros. But there's an even bigger situation here because some of those organizations are now working with actual governments that want to destroy America. But Kelly Johnson was pointing out, this is the uh, CEO of Campbell's Soup, that it's open society and George Soros that's helping fund these causes. And it has been. He said, don't be surprised if they start traveling on trucks and trains supplied by open society. Oh, that poor caravan of migrants. I'm sure open society will make sure it's taken care of. Of course, Open Society responded by saying, Mr. Johnson, neither Mr. Soros nor Open Society is funding this effort. We are surprised to see Campbell Soup Company executives spreading false stories. We do support the historic U.S. commitment to welcoming people fleeing oppression and violence in their homelands. But that's the thing. Who was involved with the last one? Anyone remember? Anyone? Bueller? Yeah, Kara. The Kara Family Detention Pro Bono Project, an umbrella organization including 
Catholic Legal Immigration Network, the American Immigration Council, the Refugee and Immigration Center for Education and Legal Services, and the American Immigration Lawyers Association. Many of them were funded by Open Society. So even though that first caravan that came back, uh, I want to say a little bit before the summertime, that came through um, wasn't directly being paid for by Open Society, they do a network of non-governmental organizations, NGOs, network of 501c4 organizations. They fund, you know, they're conduits. They're basically laundering money through these organizations because you can't see the finances on a 501c4. You can't find out who donated. You can on a 501c3. And see, some of those, they fund through these 501c4s that go to these 501c3s, and they were all there to aid and abet the caravan that's coming through. So Ke- Kelly Johnston was correct in that manner. And then what did he do? They, the Twitter mob attacked him, blue check marks, getting all over him, and then he shuts down his account. So yeah, they win again. The Twitter mob wins again. But what we're going to get into is the fact that why is there such violence in these, these nations? And why are they coming up from, you know, from Central America? Why is it that Venezuela, Cuba, and their allies, Iran, were working with Honduras uh, and also Guatemala to get people to march up to America? Why is it that Mexico is allowing it? And why is it that Hillary Clinton aided in the coup in 2009, along with the Honduran Supreme Court, to oust their leader who was, you know, he was horrible, but he was democratically elected, which opened up the nation to violence and set the stage for this entire environment that is pushing for these people to flee from their country. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. Welcome back. So while we go through this week of, you know, bombs being shipped everywhere, I think uh, Ahmed the Clock Kid decided to get a patent on his class project because that's what these bombs look like. They're ridiculous. Little plastic tubes, wire, there's a little clock on it. Because, you know, you're going to know how long to set that bomb timer for. But anyways, while all that's going off, you know, they're, they're showing up at Biden's address. They're showing up at Robert De Niro's restaurant in the morning because, you know, before the mailman makes his rounds and before the restaurant opens for business, while they're prepping in the prep cooking area, that bomb is going to be the most effective. And also because Robert De Niro was probably not there. You know, it's just a restaurant he owns. But anyways, while all of that was going on, eyes were being taken off some interesting developments about the caravan, the migrant caravan, you know, that's just wanting freedom and they just want to be, they want to flee violence in their homeland. Yeah, not really. Um, There's more to it than that. And it's interesting when you hear that Vice President Mike Pence has stated that Honduras uh, president Juan Orlando Hernandez told him that the illegal migrant caravan heading to the United States through Mexico is the work of Chavista Venezuela, with that country's oil cash being employed to destabilize both countries. From Breitbart, Vice President Pence said Hernandez told him that leftist groups from Central American countries organized the caravan financed by Venezuela to challenge our sovereignty and challenge our border. Now, we know Venezuela is a collapsed nation and its currency is garbage, but it does sit on a vast amount of oil. And given the Chavistas 
stated desire to flood America with its, with its indigenous migrants. This has been a threat that even Hugo Chavez did back in the 2000s just to spread its revolution northward. This shouldn't be, you know, of any surprise. The Chavista ties uh, of the caravan front group organizers are groups such as Pueblo Sin Fronteras, People Without Borders. Now, remember, this is where the Soros link comes in because Soros, this is from uh, World News Daily, Soros pledged September 20th, 2016 to invest up to 500 million in programs and companies benefiting migrants and refugees fleeing life-threatening situations. Soros' agenda works hand-in-hand with Pueblo, uh, Pueblo Sin Fronteras initiative, which was formed to give preferential treatment to migrants, above and beyond that given to long-established citizens of numerous nations. Quote, we will invest in startups, established companies, social impact initiatives, and businesses started by migrants and refugees, Pueblo Sin Fronteras declared in its official statement. These investments are intended to be successful, but our primary focus is to create products and services that truly benefit migrants and host uh, communities. I hope my commitment will inspire other investors to pursue the same mission. So I'm thinking that's where they're getting their infrastructure from, their food, their transportation, the fuel, as well as its known Chavez supporting Honduran ringleaders. This is rather obvious. One clue we have starts with two governments the government of Guatemala and Honduras, both of which have conservative anti-Chavista governments. They've distinguishedly, they have a distinguished, rabid left-wing opposition. The kind of people who openly admire Hugo Chavez and his utterly failed socialism. And they like Cuba's government as well. They are rabid left-wingers. They seek, above all, to destabilize and topple the countries of their origin in order to see those countries join their heroes. And they can't get elected anymore, so this is what they do. So now, the crux of the violence, a lot of it can go back to the coup in 2009. The Honduran people and their legislators, they rose to throw out the Chavista pawn, Manuel Zelaya. Now, Manuel Zelaya wanted to make himself dictator for life like Hugo Chavez did. And, you know, he's the guy who got thrown out of his presidency. In his, well, he was actually naked when he was thrown. They grabbed him out of bed. And, um, you know, chucked him out. But the thing about this guy was he wanted to put a non-binding referendum together to redraw the Constitution of Honduras. And the Honduran Supreme Court said, no, 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 we ain't doing that. We ain't going out like that. And so they instructed the military to go in and throw this guy out. And he got the whole hemisphere uh, via the Organization of American States to condemn the Hondurans, and sanctioned their country after he was thrown out. And that made Hugo Chavez at the time when he was alive very empowered because they refused to be ruled forever by a communist. You know, that's why the Hondurans did what they did. That's why they threw Zelaya out. They actually said better a year of sanctions than 20 years of somebody like Hugo Chavez. And that's one of the freedom-loving Hondurans who stated that. Hondurans led by Honorable Roberto Micheletti toughed it out, suffering Obama administration sanctions so their country could be free. Now, the Daily Cause actually brought into the picture Hillary Clinton's State Department. This is where she comes in. And it's interesting when you find out how she played both sides of the fence. And the Daily Cause was in support of the communist Zelaya. So that should tell you something about that. 
publication. In 2009, Secretary Clinton supported an illegal coup in Honduras against the popularly democratically elected president, Manuel Zayala. Yeah, he's popular, all right. She did it despite her ambassador calling the situation an open and shut case of an illegal coup in the face of world opinion. The United Nations Organization of American States, the European Union, condemned the removal of Zelaya as a military coup. The OAS, Organization of American States, invoking for the first time Article 21 of their Inter-American Democratic Charter, voted by acclamation of all member states to suspend Honduras from the organization. And she did it, sadly, with Obama's acquiescence. Well, why did she do it? Here are the interesting nuts and bolts. Chief lobbyist hired by the Hondurans behind the coup was Lanny Davis. Remember Lanny Davis? Bill Clinton's buddy during the uh, Monica Lewinsky affair? Hillary Clinton's old friend and loyal supporter for decades who supported Bill Clinton during the impeachment process. More establishment Democrats in on this whole thing. And because some say Zelaya was, he was an advocate for higher wages in his country. From Salon, New York uh, University history professor Greg Grandin author of a, num uh, a number of books about Central and South America, boiled the coup down to a simple economic calculation by the Honduran elite. Zelaya was overthrown because the business community didn't like that he increased the minimum wage. We're talking about an elite that treats Honduras as if it was his own private plantation. He echoed by uh, an, a Honduran Catholic bishop, Luis Santos Val Valerde of Santa Rosa de Capen, who told the Catholic News Service, some say Manuel Zelaya threatened democracy by proposing a constitutional assembly. The poor of Honduras know that Zelaya raised the minimum salary. That's what they understand. But then emails came out from Clinton, which basically gave a behind-the-scenes view as to how she pursued a contradictory policy of appearing to back the restoration of democracy in Honduras while actually undermining its efforts to get Zelaya back into power. A number of Clinton emails show how, starting shortly after the coup, Hillary Rodham Clinton and her team shifted deliberations on Honduras from the Organization of American States, where Zelaya could benefit from strong support of left-wing allies throughout the region, to the San Jose negotiation process in Costa Rica. Their representatives of the coup regime were placed on an equal footing with the representatives of Zelaya's constitutional government and Costa Rican President Oscar Arias, a close U.S. ally, as a moder uh, mediator. Unsurprisingly, the negotiation process only succeeded in one thing, keeping Zelaya out of office for the rest of his constitutional mandate. And Lanny Davis wasn't the only foreign lobbyist to be employed in this whole thing. They all had access and direct communication with Clinton's personal email server. The request to talk to Davis came on October 22, 2009, a crucial turning point during the de facto uh, government that had ousted Zelaya. A week later, Clinton and her top aides reportedly brokered a deal to bring Zelaya back to power through a national unity government, but the deal was no breakthrough, as some media outlets reported. Rather, there was a huge loophole providing the pro-coup Honduran legislature with veto power over Zelaya's return. The supposed plan fell apart, and the de facto government sponsored what many considered a fraudulent election while denying Zelaya's return. That's from the Daily Cost. Now, we know this guy was a communist, and, you know, it's not that Hillary Clinton was doing some noble thing to aid in removing a communist. It actually gets really interesting when you find out that in the emails that there was a lot of back and forth 
about how this was a clear rejection of Zelaya, and that's what made them change position. But from the nation, they summed it up as being something even bigger than that. That the reality of the, of the fact that Hillary Clinton's State Department spent $26 million on a propaganda program aimed at encouraging anti-violence alliances between Honduran community groups and local police security forces called the Honduras Convive was designed by a U.S. agency for international development to reduce violent crimes in a country that had simultaneously become the murder capital of the world and a staging ground for one of the largest deployments of U.S. special operations forces outside of the Middle East. It was a part of a larger U.S. program to support the conservative government of Pepe Lobo, who came to power in 2009 after the Honduran military ousted elected president Jose Manuel Zelaya. But in reality, critics say the program was an attempt by the State Department to scrub the image of a country where security forces have a record of domestic repression that continues to the present day. Adrian Pine, an assistant professor for, of anthropology at the American University, stated this was all about erasing memories of the coup and the structural causes of violence. It's related to complete absence of participatory democracy in Honduras, in which the United States is deeply complicit. With the coup, Clinton had a real opportunity to do the right thing and shift U.S. policy to respect the democratic process. But she completely messed it up, and we're seeing the consequences of it now. The Honduran Convive, which is Honduras Coexist, was the brainchild of the Office of Transition Initiatives, a controversial unit of the U.S. aid that operates overseas much like the CIA did during the Cold War. There's still all kinds of problems left in Honduras, but the big one is the presence of radical Chavista leftists in their Liberation Theology Church and the non-governmental organizations connected sidekicks who are still stirring the pot. Offering free stuff as a substitute for the economy and making things ungovernable is what they do. So that's what we're doing. The environment of Honduras is violent because we've meddled in and communist and leftist groups are also operating within the borders. And the collapse of the system has led to a rise in violence. And it's much like what you're seeing with Antifa. You know, they're going out and causing violence in the streets. And then these governments are using the, the violence as a way to galvanize people that don't want the violence and, and push them towards the north. And even people that do want violence. They're getting in on the action and heading up because they want to push the revolution across the U.S. border and get us back. So it's really interesting what's going on can all be tied to the Obama administration and uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Hey, don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show or on MeWe, Convo, Gab, all at Adrian Slade. Back in a second. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. So again, while we're worried about bombs and what have you, we know that the Clinton State Department bumbled this entire thing with their part in the coup in Honduras, and also the fact that the communists and the leftist groups in Honduras are coalescing with the other countries in the area. You know, Venezuela, Guatemala, El Salvador, they've all united and they're looking at pushing back on the United States. And so how did this caravan gain any steam? Well, from the American thinker, they said, 
we do have a concrete clue how the caravan was set up. It was an offer of free stuff on the television. And by, sure enough, one Bartolo Fuentes, an out-of-work politician and, quote, journalist known for being a left-wing supporter of Zelaya and Hugo Chavez. According to the Wall Street Journal, Muriel Replay now seems to be coming from Honduras. Though the details are murky, we do know that former Honduran Congressman Bartalo Fuentes of the left-wing Libre Party has admitted to organizing this caravan. Libre is the party of former President Manuel Zelaya, an ally of Venezuela and Cuba, who in 2009 tried to override the Honduran Constitution to remain in office despite his term limits. The Honduran Congress, his own party, Supreme Court, and National Ombudsman, and the Catholic Church deposed his power grab, and he was removed. But Mr. Zelaya remains active in politics. While center-right President Juan Orlando Hernandez has encouraged Hondurans on the journey to return home and even has offered them assistance, Mr. Zelaya is egging them on. In a press release, Mr. Uh, Hernandez uh, stated, or he, he was accused in, of being stated as saying submissive and lackey attitudes towards the arrogant position of the empire was, you know, he was criticized for the efforts to, quote, deepen failed economic policies like privatization. The opposition is now calling for street protest with the threat that Mr. Hernandez, if he does not step down, the migration wave will continue. So under pressure, he now denies that he offered any free stuff and says he has no Venezuelan ties, but that seems to be uh, that's that seems to be bellied by the television reporting. Note also his marked use of Chavista buzzwords in his speech, calling the U.S. the empire. Only Hugo Chavez did that. The president of Honduras knew what the game was, which is why he called up the president of Guatemala and asked him to remove the guy. The president of Guatemala, Jimmy Morales, believed him busted the guy, shipped him back to Honduras, where he promptly initiated U.S. flag burning at the U.S. Embassy. The claims of Fuentes that he offered no support to would-be migrants are rather bellied by the fact that migrants were first filmed taking paychecks as seen on Twitter. I've seen that video. And then there's the fact that trucks were taking the migrants northward. The trucks are expensive. Someone is paying for that. What's more, migrants are abandoning expensive baby strollers to get on those trucks. Very poor people tend to be reluctant to abandon expensive things without compensation. Meanwhile, let's go take a look at the U.S. leftist Pueblo Sin Fronteras, who are on this side of things, who have been, who have a base in Tijuana on the border of San Diego, which is where the migrants are now heading, despite the fact that it greatly increases the length of their journey. The base is there, so that's where they're going. Pueblo Sin Fronteras has done previous stunts of this kind, notably back in April, and its website is loaded with Chavista propaganda. Chavez himself, when he was alive, had a thing for using migrants to destabilize the U.S. and once said he wanted to head to the U.S. border to encourage just that. Now it appears La Lucha Se Continua with his remaining minions and their animating motives to de destabilize Central American countries, not just the U.S., Venezuela's in bad shape, and it seems likely that those in power there would not have that much money to throw around at international adventurism. But they do have quite a bit of malice toward the United States for its sanctions on Venezuelan's top officials, and they're desperate. they have a desperate desire to seem relevant with, what, with all the news about the country's own migrant outpouring, 
Could the Venezuelan honchos cook something up like this and finance it? Motive-wise, they could. Infrastructure-wise, with all the lefty activists out there, they could. And money-wise, it's not without question. So that's what we're seeing. We're seeing this, these leftist groups funded. You know, They don't get direct funding from Soros himself, but through a conduit of known organizations, that money ends up with something like Pueblo Sin Fronteras. So that's who's aiding the support. So you have an environment of violence based upon the fact that the leftist groups were moved into power in Honduras and then tried to take over power. And that's the thing. There's quite a few pro-Honduras, pro-Chavista uh, you know, communist groups in Honduras. I mean, he was democratically elected, which is why we do not advocate for mob rule um, democracy. That's why we don't want the Electoral College to go away, because mob rule democracy could lead to something where a couple of areas are voting for somebody like a Hillary Clinton, somebody like a Manuel, you know, <laughs> Lareas. I mean, it, 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 who knows? Now, Soros isn't just delving in Syria and in Guatemala, Honduras, Venezuela. You know, he's not just pushing for the migrant coup on our southern border and flooding Syrian refugees all throughout Europe. He's also involving himself in the church in the United States. That's why when you go through some of these groups that we talked about, you know, some of the groups that, um, that were confirmed to be involved, such as the Catholic Legal Immigration Network, you know, the firms that sound like they're Christian-based. Well, Soros, is, he's got his hand in the church. This is from the Washington Times. A new video from the American Association of Evangelicals reveals how George Soros, through many of his funding ventures, has been busy infiltrating the Christian base in America to divide and ultimately conquer the religious-minded within the Republican Party. Truly, with the left, political wars know no bounds. No kidding. Nothing is sacred, not when it comes to leftist drive to succeed. Here's what the AAE put out in its press release. Democrat ministers Reverend Jim Wallace and allies are now touring many states on vote common good buses to split the evangelical vote before the midterm elections. The AAE video features the newly released voice of recording of Jim Wallace of sojourners as he's publicly denied that he was a recipient of Soros funding. But sojourners has received funding from Soros in the past. I've, I mean, I know that going back to the article, but guess what? His denials proven a bit um, wrong. Soros tied open society money and grant dollars have not only flowed by the hundreds of thousands of dollars to sojourners, AAE reported, but Soros tied open society money and grant dollars have also been flowing to sojourners for some time. Soros funding of sojourners is only the tip of the iceberg. Jim Wallace and sojourners funding from George Soros, wrote Crisis Magazine, the funding from Soros Foundation, the Open Society, was revealed by Marvin Olasky of World Magazine. And there was this from The Blaze in October 2011. George Soros sends 150000 to Jim Wallace left-wing group Sojourners. Lest the significance goes unrecognized, the Sojourners is a far-left group that masquerades as a Christian outlet, bent on doing God's work 
but that far more often seems due to nothing more than the Democrats' will. Quote, we are evangelicals, Catholics, Pentecostals, and Protestants, progressives and conservatives, blacks, whites, Latinos, and Asians, women and men, young and old, and seek to discover the intersection of faith, politics, and culture. That's what Sojourner's Net or Sojo.net states. Sounds honorable enough, but how come that intersection never leads down a conservative path? The organization's magazine puts out such thoughts as no wall between amigos. And this conservative court packing isn't about abortion. It's about culture. If the right really cares about abortion, they should reduce poverty. And in this, in the midst of political emergency, the administration is threatening the soul of this nation. Now, there's nothing pro Donald Trump, pro conservative, pro limited government, pro constitution about the group's goals or for that matter about the vote common good bus tour currently winding through America at the moment. I mean, it's all about bringing in a more generous Christian conversation from what they said. But we know that George Soros is trying to undermine the Christian community just as he's trying to undermine the, uh, the populations in Latin America and in the Middle East because he seeks globalization. He seeks a redesigned world that is absent of capitalism under American constitutional republicanism. Hey, don't forget to follow me on all social media platforms on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or also on the official homepage at Adrian Slade Show. Find me on Snippy, Gab, MeWe, uh, all at Adrian Slade. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to us every weekend on Mojo 5 the new platform for libertarian, conservatarian, conservative talk. Also, check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify, and various other podcast platforms. Get the free Roku channel in your streaming store. Also, you can donate patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show, $2 a month or whichever amount you wish. You can also check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. We'll see you guys next time.